I uh, so much enjoy being up here, and I enjoy uh, speaking to you. Uh, I don't know, you guys, if you've been in a relationship, you can, uh, maybe you have this memory, or this has happened to you. So um, I have uh, was driving home uh, with my wife, and uh, we were driving in the car, uh, coming from St. Pete, and uh, we, as we were going down, she says to me, and, and tell, me, tell me if you've heard this before, she says, I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Which means, prepare for your feelings to get hurt. Um, she said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Because we were talking about me preaching. She said, but are you angry at us when you're up there? And I said, what do you mean? Am I angry at you? Uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, and it depends what kind of week I had, I guess. Maybe I am angry, you guys. And, uh, and I said, well, no, I don't, I'm not angry. Well, she goes, like, you yell at us like you're angry. <laughs> and, so, and so I want you guys to know that, um, uh, that that's passion on my end. And, and I have to remember, I have to definitely remember, that I've been looking at this all week and thinking of ways of how I'm failing about what I'm talking about and trying to change me and and asking asking the spirit to help me and change and then i forget that you're actually hearing it for the first time uh, and, and on a sunday morning i'm like why aren't you getting this you know but i have to realize that this is like your first time hearing it and so i, I just I, I just wanted to let you know in advance that's what it is it's just passion on my end for you guys to understand god's word and then realizing that you haven't heard it or have thought about it as much as i have and so uh, today, hopefully, this is going to be an, a non-angry sermon. And, uh, and, and today we're actually talking about Jesus as he says, I am the door. Now, I really have to thank, I really have to thank Jimmy and Nelson for putting this door uh, together for me to make, they made it stand. And I want to thank them a lot for doing that. And I also want you to know who, who to blame if it falls over <laughs> mid-sermon. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I am the door. And this is our sixth week of the I Am series. And if you have missed any part of the I Am series, you can go onto our website and you can, um, uh, you can listen to every sermon, okay? And so you can listen to it and then you can actually write where you're listening to it is all the version notes so you can actually follow along in the notes while listening to the sermon. And so we don't want you to, um, we don't want you to miss out on anything, okay? And so um, this morning I want to start with this. So every week, uh, I uh, preach to the students, okay? And, and, and I know, uh, you know, preaching to the students and coming in here is totally different. Matter of fact, when I'm with the students, I follow uh, three rules that are, that are very important. And, and they are, one, don't be long, okay? Two, don't make it complicated. And three, say something funny, Okay, and, that, and if you mix those three in, you can successfully teach students. Okay, now when I come in here, I have to admit, I will confess that it's a little bit different. Okay, when I come in here, I, I, I think about, um, well, you know, maybe I need to make it a little complicated. Should I, like, use a Greek word or something and everybody thinks I'm smart? Or at least, at, at very least, a big word. Okay, so I'll just use a big word, and then they're like, oh, he must be well-read. And then, you know, and, and you still want to say something funny, but with the youth, you know, with you guys, you're laughing with me. With the youth, most of the time, they're laughing at me. And so, you know, it's just, it changes, and, and, I, and, and I, that's a good thing, I think. 
you know, because I'm talking to two different people, you know, different kinds of people, but this morning I want it to be real simple. I want you to be able to understand what we're talking about in a very simplistic way, as Jesus says, uh, I am the door. And, and so um, we're going to actually look at John 10. We're only going to use three verses, seven, eight, nine, ten, four verses today, okay? And so that's how I do math, guys, okay? Um, we're going to look at four verses today, and we're going to break them down in a real simple way, and I'm really hoping that you uh, can really get something this morning from God's Word. So in John 10, uh, verses 7 through 10, uh, this is what it says. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I think in our lives we feel like there are so many doors that we can walk through. Okay, we can, we can walk through doors that promise uh, pleasure, and we can walk through doors that promise great social status, and we can walk through uh, doors uh, that, that promise gain. You know, and we choose those doors because we're excited about maybe where they'll lead us or what they're going to do for us. And, um, and, and all I can think of is really what we don't understand is that there's only really two doors. There's the door to life and there's the door to death. There's only two doors. And the, and the door to death presents itself in so many ways. It presents itself with, with, with pleasure, and it presents itself with success, and it presents itself with money, and it presents itself with peace, and it presents itself with safety. And, and you'll notice that all the things that I just said are not bad things. I just didn't list sins. There's, they're not bad things. But the problem is, is that, that we look at it and we see the door of pleasure and we see the things that we could have and we see the things that would bring us uh, so, so much happiness and, and we want those things and we desire those things and then all of a sudden we will do anything to get to those things and the door of our life becomes pleasure. Or maybe it becomes success and we'll do anything. We'll give up time with our family, time with, with our church family, time with anything. We'll give up money. We'll do anything we have to do to be successful and we walk through that door. Or we walk through the door of, of money thinking, you know what, my life would be so much better. My life would be so much better if, if, if I could just walk through that door of money. If I just work whatever I can to get through the door of money. How many times have I heard, I will start giving to church and I will start giving to, to people in need as soon as I have enough for me. And we want to, we'll do anything to walk through the door of money. Walk through the door of peace. Right? If, if my kids would just listen to me, and I'm just going to work on that, if they would just listen to me, if my wife would do what I tell her to and walk through this door of peace, life would be great. We walk through the door, and this is, to me, this is one of the most disastrous ones. We walk through the door of safety, where everything, if, as long as my, look, I, I work with students a lot, most of the time. Parents, would you just hear me when I say this? I, I think we're killing our kids' spirit with safety. I mean, you're just killing their spirit. 
I wish that I could go through God's word and say what he wants for us is to be safe. But it's not there. And we walk through the door of safety. We pursue that door as much as possible. Don't do this. Do this. Make sure you're here. And we walk through this door of safety. And we pursue it with everything we are. As long as my family is safe, we'll be fine. And the problem is, when we pursue those doors and we, when we go after those doors, all those doors lead to is death. And then we walk through the door that leads to life. Which, if you don't know, I want to make crystal clear, it is one way, one man, Jesus Christ. And we walk through that door. We walk through the Jesus door when he says, I am the door. And we walk through that door and what we realize, what the biggest mystery of life is, is that all of those things that we wanted to pursue, success and money and pleasure and safety and peace, all of those things that we would trade for the Jesus door, if we walk through the Jesus door, they're in there. They're actually in there. They may look differently. Safety for your kid may be Africa. Peace for your family may be hardship. But can I just tell you, when you walk through the door of Jesus, the promises that he gives you do not come back void. They're true. And, and we could, if we would walk through that door, walk through that Jesus door, we would see that all the things that we want and pursue out of life, all the things that compete with Jesus are actually things that he will probably, most likely, give you. Now, I'm not promising that just follow Jesus and you're going to be successful and rich and good-looking. That's just not some of us, right? I mean, it's just not, you know, I'm not going to be... The other day, we were in St. Pete. We were at All Children's Hospital, not for a bad reason. We just had an appointment, uh, and so we took Evie there. And, and our, our great scheduling skills, we schedule one point for, for like nine in the morning and the next one for like three or something, okay? And so we have like all this time in the middle. And side note, somehow we managed to still almost be late, even though we had all that time in the middle. And um, so we started driving around. We drove around uh, St. Pete, and, and uh, if you go down by the water, man, are the houses nice. I mean, they are nice. And we were looking at those houses, and I remember we both turned to Evie and said, Evie, look at the houses. You will never live in one of those. Okay? You know, they're just beautiful. They're, be- they're, they're castles is what they are. They have statues of lions because they're castles. They have knights and statues. It's just amazing. I mean, there's just huge houses. But I realized that just because I follow Jesus, just because I want to teach his word, and that's what I feel gifted at, and that's what I feel like I should do, doesn't mean that God's going to give me a castle. But I tell you what, even when I've been poor, I've always felt taken care of. And it's not always, it's not like, it's not like Jesus shows up in the middle of the night sprinkling $100 bills in my house, okay? What happens is, is that he puts it on somebody's heart, in the church, and all of a sudden somebody's coming to me and saying, you know what? I just feel like you need that. And he takes care of us. So even when I have had less than I have now, I've always felt like I've had enough. He's always taking care of, of us. I can personally say that. 
And so all I can think of, I mean, all I can think of is that, that while we might not see success, and we might not see money in the same way, when you walk through the Jesus door, when you walk through the Jesus door, you find that God takes care of those things. And we're so worried about pursuing them that we pursue the wrong thing. We pursue those things instead of Jesus. So I want to... Uh, I want to give you some really simple points this morning, okay? Really simple points that, that you can totally uh, soak up and be excited about uh, learning what God has for you. And the first one is this. See this, how complicated this is. Jesus is the door, okay? Jesus is the door. In verse 7 it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. It's very simple. As a matter of fact, if you look, and, and this is the, my, my favorite part, if you look up at verse 4, it'll say, the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Can I ask you something this morning? I want this question to rattle in your brain. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Do you know the voice of Jesus? Have you heard him before? And if you know the voice of Jesus, do you hear him when he speaks? You know, when I was, th- when I was thinking about, you know, because obviously shepherding is not like a huge, like you don't go to college and one of the majors is shepherding, okay? You don't, like, it's not something that we do. And, and if you look at Western shepherds, you know, you know how it's done. You always see it. They, got, they stand in the back of the sheep and they're driving them forward and they have these sheep dogs on either side that kind of keep them, like, corralled, the dogs that are... They're like losing their minds, circling around the sheep, and that's how they move it forward. Do you know that even still today, in the um, in like the Middle Eastern culture, you know where there's still a lot of shepherding going on. Do you know that the shepherds lead from the front? Because they spend so much time with the sheep, they just know his voice, and he just walks, and they follow. And that's like a real picture of like, of like Jesus and how we follow him in our lives. Like, you know, you know he's walking in front and we're, hey, we're just going to go with this guy. And that's what we do and we follow him. But here's the thing. If you don't know his voice, you can't really follow him. I mean, think about that this morning. For those of us who, who call ourselves Christ followers and that's, what we, and that's what we're, you know, what we say we are. Do we know his voice? Do we know when he speaks to us? Can we, can we follow like we should? It's going to be really hard to follow someone if you don't know his voice. I want you guys to be thinking about that. Do I know Jesus' voice? You know, I think our biggest problem is not that you're thinking, well, for those of us who might be like, well, I'm not, I guess I do, I kind of do. You know, the problem isn't that you have to know some sort of language to understand Jesus. His Spirit lives inside of you. A lot of times we just know when He's speaking to us. Here's the problem. Here's, the, here's one of the reasons why I think it's a lot really hard for us to hear Jesus' voice, is that it gets drowned out by all the other voices. Because there are just hundreds of voices every day that are calling after you. This is where we want to go. This is what you're supposed to look like. This is supposed to what you drive. And, and this is the kind of job that you need. And you need to go after this kind of education. And you need to do this. And you need to do that. And if you're not doing any of those things, it's not good enough. And we, and we hear these voices um, all the time from our culture, from, from the church. Hey, if you don't look like this, you're not really a Christian. You know, I mean, you... You hear all these voices, and Jesus' voice gets drowned out. You know, one thing I found, and, and this is not true for everybody, um, but one thing I found in my own personal life, Jesus just doesn't yell. 
You know, he just doesn't yell. If you're not willing to listen for him, you may never hear him. Because he's just not a yeller. Not, not in my life. It's always been when I just had to like take a moment and say, you know what, I'm just going to block everything out. I need to just take a moment, take a deep breath, get in God's word, and actually try to listen for Jesus. When's the last time you tried to listen for Jesus? When what you wanted to concentrate on was, was God, what do you want for me? What do you want from me? When we try to listen to Jesus, instead of being blocked by all the things, all the things that are going on, all the voices, all the compliments and complaints and suggestions and do this and do that, and, and you just take time away. You know, we think of our devotional life, when we say devotion, that kind of carries some baggage with it. Like, that's the, oh, that's the checklist thing that we do if we're a Christian, right? We have to have a, a devotion. Like, we need to, like, take some time, and, and we check that off. Uh, like, oh, I accomplished that uh, for today. Do you know that what devotion time really is, is just time set aside so you actually can hear from Jesus? When you think about it, like, so you actually can hear from Jesus. Like, that, that, that's the reason why we do that. So we can hear from him. So when we read his word, we understand what he wants from us. What he's calling us to, where he wants us to go. Things we need to change about us. And I just think that we've forgotten we know we need to follow Jesus, but a lot of us have forgotten what his voice sounds like. But he says he's the door of the sheep. And if we're supposed to follow this shepherd, I think it's really important that we understand what he sounds like. The next one, the next point this morning is uh, the invitation. In verse 9, it says this. It says, I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And I just like to say, entering through Jesus is the only way to be saved. And if you are thinking there's anything different from that, this verse is telling you, that entering through Jesus is the only way to be saved. All other doors are false hopes, and they lead to disappointment, and they lead to death. And if you choose to enter through Jesus, you will have the fullest, most abundant life. And a lot of times, it's not the life that you were thinking of. And this is, this is where it gets complicated because we have this invitation to, to go after Jesus, that he is the door and we want to walk through him and, and he's, he's our shepherd and he's the one that's going to save us. And we have this idea of what life is going to be like after we walk through that door. And we think that it's always going to be awesome, but it rarely turns out to be what you thought it was going to be. Now, can I just say this? Um, 
I don't, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer, okay? Like, hey, come follow Jesus. Life will be terrible. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What, what I am saying is that a lot of times life is not what you expect it to be when you follow Jesus because he calls you to crazy things. I have never met anybody that Jesus called to be normal. I mean, we're normal in a lot of respects, but there's usually like that one thing, like taking a homeless guy or something. Like, they were normal, but then they took that homeless guy in. That was a little weird. You know, like it was just like this one thing that God calls you to. Some people he calls to different countries. Some people make a lot of money and give a lot of it away. But I just, I I don't meet people who are really following Jesus where they've called them to a normal life. And we love normal, man. I like normal. Go home. Have nice things. Nothing like, there's nothing wrong with nice things. Uh, You know, sit on my chair. Do what I want. Get up, do it again the next day. And I like normal. The thing is, I, I, don't, I just don't see that in God's Word. You know, he, he usually calls us to a life that is, has so much purpose that you're just not normal. But can I just promise you something in that? That life never ends in disappointment. I mean, you do not get to the end of your life and then think and, and go, whew, I wish I was more normal. You know, you, you always get to the end when you start thinking about your life and you think, I just, I wish I would have risked more for Jesus. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have gave that. I wish I would have just jumped on board with that. Lives that are sold out for Jesus when you accept this invitation to follow him never lead in disappointment. You will not be disappointed in Jesus. You just won't. And I don't know how to explain that other than telling you, if you experience it, you'll understand. If you experience it, you'll understand. But the greatest way to follow Jesus even more is to experience him. Because he just does not lead to disappointment. This invitation that God gives you will never lead and disappointment. And here's the last one. The last simple point. I haven't been angry yet. Uh, we are sheep. God's the shepherd. He's the door which the sheep go through. We are sheep. We're all sheep. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus came that they, the sheep, us, may have life and have it abundantly. We are the sheep. And, with all respect, sheep are dumb. I include myself in there. Sheep are dumb. We are, at times, a lot stupid spiritually. It's just who we are. I mean, we're called sheep in God's word. They're just not the smartest, guys. They'll follow anything. They get lost. And sometimes we're just stupid spiritually. We chase after temporary satisfaction instead of eternal satisfaction. 
And if we got to see the big picture of life and of eternity, we would never trade temporary satisfaction for eternal satisfaction. But we get so caught up in like the moment that a lot of times we, tr- we do this stupid thing by trading temporary satisfaction for eternal satisfaction. And so Jesus makes this clear to try to help us. He makes it clear by saying, look, look, the, th- the, the thief, he has come to steal and kill and destroy, okay? And when you trade that, that temporary satisfaction for eternal satisfaction, he is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he said, but I have come so that you would have life abundantly. There's the difference. Eternal satisfaction, life abundantly. Temporary, steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy has come to do that to us, to steal, kill, and destroy. And can I just tell you, some of us in this room right now, you're being stolen from. You're being stolen from. Your purity is being stolen. Because you're, you're, you, what you see and what you're listening to and who, who, who you're hanging out with and how, and how you're doing life right now, it's just not the pure way of God and your purity is being stolen. Stolen from you. For some of us, our peace is being stolen. Because we look at the world... And we're like, what's going on? Everything is falling apart and you're just not at peace. You're, you're so worried. Well, are, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Where in God's word did God say the world's just going to end in a happy ending? Like, I just feel like I want to say, but you know this already. Wars, famine, bad things like that. God's pretty much covered it. Have you read Revelation? It's horrifying. Like, it's just not going to end well. And we have our peace stolen from us by the enemy because we end our day in Fox News or CNN instead of in God's Word. Stop doing that. Stop. I'm getting, I got angry. Um, uh, end your day. Start your day. Or just don't get caught up in this world so much that the enemy comes and steals your peace. Just stolen from you. And then you end up worrying and being anxious. The other thing he does so, the enemy does so well is steal our compassion. Because we can't help but to look around and all of a sudden, without us even knowing, we have lost compassion for people who are different than us. We've just lost it. Because we think they're bad people and somehow we're good people. And, and, and all I'm saying is that you need to have compassion for people. All people. Made in the image of God. We may not understand things. We may not get things. But I don't want you to get so caught up in the world that your compassion for people is gone. Because More than ever, God's church needs to look and be loving. More than ever. Because man, do people hate us. And I I, want to say, don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy steal your compassion. Don't let him steal it. 
Don't let him do that. Some of us are being killed. Killed by our own sin. The enemy is taking our sin and spiritually killing us. We're just being killed by our own sin. We are holding on to sin and we just refuse to bring it to the light. And that is killing you this morning. Because we like to hold on to things that people don't know about, people don't really see in us, that we can hide well, and that, and that it's just us, and it, it, it's just my thing, and no one's going to know about it, and it's, so it's going to be fine. And can I just tell you, can, can I just tell you it's killing you spiritually? It's killing you spiritually. It's killing your relationship with Jesus. You know, a church family is, is, should be the safest place we can come and say, I messed up. I am so messed up. I need you guys' help. I need you guys' help. You know, the thing is, is that until we bring the things that are killing us secretly to the light, we're going to find ourselves, no matter how involved in church you are, feeling distant from Jesus. It just has a way, sin has a way of just separating us. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm just going to keep this secret. And that turns into, well, I mean, I don't really need God's word. I'm just not going to read it as long as I'm at church. And, I, and then all of a sudden all it turns into is as long as people think I'm a Christian. I show up to 50% of church services for the year, hit all the major ones, should be fine. And all that stems from this idea that that sin that you refuse to let go of is killing you. And I understand that if you talk with someone about it and it's embarrassing, but I am pretty sure that no matter what sin anyone's hiding here, there's someone else who's either struggling with it or struggled with it. Unless it's murder, then maybe you're on your own. But, I mean, pretty much everything else, like everything else, well, maybe not. That would be crazy, though. Um, You know, like... Everyone else is probably struggling with the same thing. And if we would just let our sins stop killing us and go to someone you trust and, and confess and say, I just want to change. I, and, unless that person is just, unless that person is ignorant or arrogant, they're going to say, man, I probably, I've been there. Or I'm there now. Let's help each other. And I and I just want to encourage you guys, don't let, the, don't let the enemy kill you with sin that you refuse to let go of. Not saying we're going to be perfect, but there is nothing better than a good victory. I mean, whew, when you have victory, you just get excited about Jesus when there's victory in your life over something. And I will say, I'm not going to say never, but I'm going to say most of the time that just doesn't happen all by yourself. You need someone. We need each other. Our sin will kill us. Some of us this morning are being led to our own eternal destruction. The enemy's come to steal, he's come to kill come to destroy. 
And some of us this morning, we're being led to our own destruction. Because we heard of Jesus, we've sung about Jesus, but we really don't know him. And can I just, I just want to tell you there's a big difference. Because when you know about Jesus, it changes who you are. When you have experienced Jesus, it changes who you are. And, and I really want you to think this morning to yourself, just take an honest look. Since I've known Jesus, have I changed? Because if you're the same old person, there's a really good chance you might not know the Jesus that I know. Because he's a pruner, man. You think you're, you think you're doing well, and he's like, nope. Poof. Okay, now I'm doing really well. Nope. Poof. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's, it's what he does. And if you're not changing, and I'm not saying overnight, but I'm saying if you're not changing, if you're not different, if you're not, if you're not moving, you know, towards him, then maybe there's a chance you don't know him. And the enemy's got you fooled and you're leading a life to eternal destruction. Maybe you don't want anything to do with Jesus. And I just tell you this morning, you're leading a life towards eternal, eternal destruction. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus, isn't that like your favorite thing? Like when you talk about like the enemy and, or like life as a bummer, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's always, but Jesus. But Jesus is offering life. And he's not just offering life. He's offering this generous, full life. So, so many people have not wanted to follow Jesus because they're afraid he's going to take their stuff. Well, I have a really nice life, and I don't want Jesus to like, have me, look, I don't want to have to give up things. Can I just tell you that Jesus, man, he wants the full life for you. And you know what? Over time, what you see as a full and abundant life may change. Full, abundant life may be uh, uh, fostering as many kids as you can. Whereas 10 years ago, when you first found Jesus, that wasn't even on your radar. A full, abundant life may be a total move to a different country where you just want to tell people who Jesus is. A full, abundant life may be the office that you work in day after day as people and their lives are changed by your example and what you say and how you conduct business. We each have a different, full, and abundant life. But can I tell you that if you're a follower of Jesus, following him, walking through the door of Jesus, on the other side is always... Always, always full and abundant life. And if you are not experiencing that or have not experienced that, and that doesn't mean life is always awesome, okay? But full and abundant life, even, when, even in times of hardship, even in times, even when I sat, even when I was sitting in a hospital with my daughter and knowing that so many things are going wrong right now, have you ever been in that situation where you're just like, I am totally at peace? 
And the doctor looks at you and says, well, like, something's wrong with her heart. And I'm like, well, I don't control her heart, I, but I know a guy. That's like my thing that I always tell the doctors. Every time I go to the doctor, I feel like, I feel like they always say one more thing, like, well, this is what's wrong with her. And my answer has always become the same now, all the time. Well, this is what's wrong with her. Well, I know a guy. I know a guy. Because I'm tired of, of things being stolen from me, and I'm, and I'm ready to understand fully that if you go through the Jesus door, on the other side is always full and abundant life. Always. It's a promise. It might be hard. It might be tough. It might be things you don't understand. You might have some bad experiences. People aren't always going to be nice to you. It may end in, in, in craziness. I, I mean, I don't know. But I'm telling you, it's a full and it's abundant life that always, always, always leads to life. And I've never known anybody to walk through this door and at the end of their life say, well, I was, that was a mistake. Because nobody really understands walking through the door. They look confused. People look at you weird. And you can't explain, people on this side of the door can't explain to people over here why to walk through it because it has to be something that you experience. Because full and abundant life is an amazing thing for those of us who have tasted it. And all we can do, the evangelism side of us, all we can do is just say, you need to walk through this door. Because let me tell you, this Jesus is amazing. The life is full. The life is abundant. Are you experiencing full, abundant life that Jesus offers? I mean, think about that. I'm not talking about salvation, necessarily. I mean, I am, but I'm talking to all of us. Are you, are you experiencing the life that Jesus offers? Like the real life, the full life, the life with this freedom and the life that, that, he, that, that, is, that is almost unexplainable, where, where success looks differently and, and happiness, it's not even happiness, it's just joy. And there's peace. Like, are you experiencing that? Have you, have you experienced this life that Jesus offers? I want to end today, um, I want to end today with, with a verse from Psalm. And, um, and, and, I just want you guys to know, look, if any time this morning, if, whether, it's, whether it's you feel like the enemy's killing or stealing or destroying you and you just want to pray with somebody, you want to ask some questions, after this service is over, there's going to be some really awesome people up in the front that know what they're talking about, that want to love on you, that want to pray with you. Um, and so you can just come up and, 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 and speak with them if you want to. I want to encourage you that if, if any point today you feel like, oh, I really want to experience that life, or I just need to stop kill, uh, sin from killing me, or I just want to know who Jesus is a little bit more, look, there's no pressure, there's no um, secret ing- ingredient that we're going to tell you to do. It's just, we just want to have a conversation with you. And we want, you to know, we want to know that it's available for you. But this morning, as I end, I'm just going to end with a verse in Psalm that really, it kind of, it's really, really short, but I think it kind of speaks to the idea of what this abundant life is. 
And so I'm going, to read, I'm going to read this verse to you as a way of just sending you out, a way of um, hopefully encouraging you and maybe enticing some to really seek the full and abundant life of Jesus. It's from Psalm 16, verse 11. It's really short. It's really short, but I love it. Talking about Jesus, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that an awesome picture of what it really is like to have this full and abundant life when we walk through the door of Jesus? Let me pray for us. Father, you are good. We thank you for your son. We thank you that you offered him as a sacrifice and that he is the door, the only way to you. Help us this morning to realize that we need to walk through this door. That we need to walk through the door and experience this life, this this fullness of life. Experience the joy that there is, the peace that there is, of following you, of hearing your voice of accepting the invitation to follow. God, help us this morning to live a life where people can see that we have walked through the Jesus door. Help us to be convinced that this is the only door that we ever want to seek, the only door that we ever want to walk through because of the experiences that we have had, the testimonies of others. God, help us to desire this full and abundant life. Protect us from the enemy. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He gets the best of us sometimes. God, thank you for your forgiveness. God, this morning, help us to know that right now we can start over or we can celebrate the relationship that we already have with Jesus, God. But this morning, help us to seek after you even more. That we may know your joy, that we may know your peace, that we may know your will. You are good. And we don't want anything else but you. In Jesus' name, amen.